Nick here. Welcome to She Can, the podcast, where the goal is for you to leave each episode feeling empowered to go after what you want and knowing that if she can, so can you. Let's get started. Hi, friend. I hope you're well. I am excited to be talking to you today about a subject that I love. I find it so, so interesting. It's the subject of upper limits. So imposter syndrome and how to overcome your upper limits. Now, upper limits was a phrase coined by Gay Hendricks, who wrote the book The Big Leap. Now, The Big Leap is all about these unconscious ideas of just how happy and successful we can be. So these are ingrained in us. We don't, we often don't realise that they're there, but we have these subconscious ceilings that we place upon ourselves and by learning to identify them and figure out what these self-imposed upper limits are, we can basically become happier and more abundant in incredible ways. But so often we don't realise they're there until we actually experience ourselves putting a stop to our wealth or our health or our happiness or whenever you find yourself doing really well in life and something comes along to stop it, often you've created it yourself. And most people actually have have this issue. Most people have an upper limit problem in some way, shape or form. Even if you're extravagantly successful, you've probably got your own version of the upper limit problem and it's still probably holding you back from achieving just what your true potential is. So... Gay Hendricks in his book speaks about his own upper limit problems. So he realised that early in his career, when he was working as a research psychologist at Stanford University, his work was going well, he was so happy in his relationships and he was doing better than he'd done in a long, long time. And one day it was just a, a simple thing. He just leant back in his chair and let out this sigh of relaxed satisfaction and just feeling so, so good about life. And then a few seconds later literally out of nowhere came these worries about his daughter who was away from home on a summer camp and he was thinking you know was she lonely was she miserable was she being bullied and he just had these stream of images of you know kind of terrible things happening to his daughter at the summer camp so he called the supervisor where she was staying and she said you know she's absolutely fine there's no need to worry and he realized in that moment that something important had just happened. He wondered how did he go from feeling good in one moment to manufacturing this completely made up issue in his head the next. And it dawned on him that he manufactured that stream of painful images because he was feeling good. So some part of him was afraid to enjoy positive energy for any extended period of time. So when he reached the upper limit of how much positivity he could handle, he would create this issue in his head, which was completely fictional, in order to deflate himself. So the thoughts that he was manufacturing were guaranteed to make him return to a state that he was more familiar with, which was the state of not feeling so good. Now, this is something that, you know, we experience all throughout our lives. And I would just urge yourself to just have a think about where do you do this in your life? So once you see the pattern, you can see 
what it is that you do. So for example, if you're in a period of relationship harmony, maybe you stop that flow of connection by all of a sudden you start an argument out of nowhere. Or you're eating healthy and you're doing well in exercising and you're feeling really good and then you end up knee high on your kid's Halloween stash. <laughs> Anyone been there recently? You know, it's it's things that we do like that that you just think, why did I just behave like that? And then you realise that you've got these subconscious issues that you don't even realise. You have a limited tolerance for feeling good and often when you hit your upper limit, you manufacture thoughts and behave in ways that make you feel bad. So Gay Hendricks, when he was writing the book, The Big Leap, he began to wonder how he might extend the periods of happiness in his life. So can you eliminate the behaviours that stop the flow of positive energy and feel really good all the time? Can you allow things to always go well in your life? Is that possible? Yes, it absolutely is. If you choose to have that transformation and if you choose to analyze your upper limits, figure out what they are, figure out why you're placing them on yourself and then do something about them. So basically he claims in his book, I would really recommend that you read this book, The Big Leap, if you haven't already, but he claims that each of us has this inner thermostat setting that determines how much love, success, happiness, creativity, health, wealth that we can allow ourselves to enjoy. And that thermostat setting usually gets programmed in early childhood. And once it's programmed, that upper limit thermostat setting holds you back from enjoying all the love, financial abundance and creativity that's rightfully yours. So how does the upper limit problem actually work and how can we get rid of the negative effects that it has on us? It's basically based around this set of four hidden barriers and they're all different but they have something in common and that main thing is although they seem real, they're not. They're based on fear and false beliefs about yourself. So the fact that we subconsciously accept them as real is the barrier for holding us back. So it's all made up in our mind. That We hear this all the time, the only thing holding yourself back is you, but there's so much that goes on between our ears that is literally working against us to prevent ourselves from getting beyond these limits. So Let's talk through these barriers. So hidden barrier number one is feeling fundamentally flawed. So the belief that you're fundamentally flawed is a huge barrier to the best experience that you can have. And if you did make a commitment to fully using your gifts, you might fail because you believe that actually you are flawed and if you fail, at least you feel small because you, you stay playing small. So say you land yourself an incredible deal. You've signed a deal that is a brilliant contract, brilliant salary, brilliant incentives, or maybe it's a business deal and you're over the moon about it. But there's one tiny little detail that you're just obsessing over. So say, for example, it's one less day holiday or, you know, just one, just something fairly insignificant. And you put the whole contract in jeopardy because of this one little detail. And in the end, because of you obsessing over that little detail, you lose the contract or the offer of the job is taken away from you. And then you realise after a lot of work and introspection that what you're really saying no to is the incredible 
offer. You're really the person that you are said, wait a minute, this job is too good for you. This is way more than you're worth. You can't allow this to happen. You need to do something. You need to focus on something that will stop this happening because you're not worth this much. And we do this in our lives all the time without even realising it. So we do this in relationships, we do this with jobs, we do this with businesses that we never even start sometimes because we're scared that, I mean, what if it is successful? What if I change as a person? What if, what if, what if, all of the what ifs. And we prevent ourselves from going for it and actually allowing the abundance to come into our lives Hidden barrier number two is disloyalty and abandonment. So this is the feeling that you can't expand to your full success because it'll cause you to end up all alone, be disloyal to your roots and leave people behind from your past. So often this involves your stories that you were told as a child, maybe your family's spoken or unspoken rules about what you have to do to get to where you want to be and you know, even if you are successful, you may think, did I fail to meet the expectations that my parents had of me? And if you answer yes, then you may feel guilty as you become more successful. And that guilt actually makes you put on the brakes without even realising. It holds you back from the ultimate success that you could have enjoyed or the success that you already have, you put on the brakes to avoid more success or you do whatever you can to get rid of the success that you have, which is mind-blowing because, again, this is all happening underneath the surface. It's all stories that we're telling ourselves that aren't actually real. It's all limiting beliefs that are within our mind that we've basically made up or we've taken with us from our childhood. But when you start becoming aware of these it's really valuable because you can start to ask yourself, what am I doing here that's actually sabotaging my own success? Okay, hidden barrier number three is believing that more success makes you a bigger burden. And this is something that basically the barrier is the feeling that you can't achieve your highest potential because you'd be an even bigger burden than you are now. So it's the feeling that the more success you achieve, the more of a burden you become. So Gay Hendricks, when he wrote the book, he spoke about the fact that when he was born, he had two messages. One was, you're a burden, you're not wanted. And one was, let's celebrate, you're here. Because he was a burden to his mother, because he was actually born and his father had died a few weeks after he was conceived. His mother had very little money. He had, She had his older brother to raise and he was the baby in the womb. So he felt like a burden when he was born and he learned that story. But at the same time, his grandparents were delighted that he had come into the the world. So he was feeling on one side, he was a burden. On the other side, he was was welcomed and people were celebrating his arrival. So immediately he felt if he had something good happen, immediately he would start feeling that actually you're just a burden on the world. And the guilt that he felt for being a burden was for things that he hadn't done because, again, it's all just stories. And if you removed the stories that your parents or your siblings or whoever had even thought about before you even 
walk to school when you were so young, then that's when you become free of this upper limit issue because most of it happens when you're such a young child and it's just become ingrained in you. And it's not until you start looking into this and start asking yourself, why do I behave the way that I do when I achieve success that you actually start realising what some of these barriers are. It's actually really interesting when you start thinking about your own behaviour with it. Okay, hidden barrier number four is the crime of outshining. So the unconscious mantra of the outshining barrier goes like this. I must not achieve my full success because if I did, I would outshine someone and make them look or feel bad. This is very common among people who are very talented kids or very gifted children because they get a lot of their parents attention but they also get a strong subliminal message which is don't shine too much because you'll make others feel bad or you'll make others look bad so that's something that a lot of us again take into our adult journeys and we don't even realize that they've still got that but when you do realize that you have these behaviors or you sabotage yourself because of these subliminal feelings of outshining someone else you realize that actually it's crazy because it's almost like you're being convicted for a crime that you have never committed a crime that exists only in your parents imagination or your siblings imagination or whoever has even put that thought of you know you outshining them into your head in the first place and it's really important to mention that these people who you remember telling you these things or saying these comments and often they're throwaway comments and they aren't even intended to have the impact on you that they have had. It can be something really trivial when you look back on it. It's most of the time never intended. It's most of the time something that if you were to even raise it with the person in question, they would say, oh my goodness, I can't believe something that I said to you at that age has had that impact on you throughout your life. So don't stress out about this. The important thing is just to have a think about your behaviours, have a think about what you do when you start you know, doing really well in your life and any self-sabotage that goes on whether it be mentally or whether it be, you know, physically, do you start cancelling things because you're nervous that you're going to actually achieve more? Do you get to a certain pay level in your business and then you stop working because you you have this mental capacity to earn so much and then you think once I've once I've earned that amount of money, I can't go any further. There are things that we do that we don't even realise is happening. And once you can tap into that and ask yourself the questions that we've spoken about and look at these barriers, you will really have a benefit of that and really understand why you're acting the way that you are. So when you understand the basics of the upper limit problem and where the root structure is buried, you basically have the context that you need to identify when and how you limit yourself and also how to transcend your upper limits and use the full power of what you have and live the way you're actually designed to live and step into your zone of genius which is what Gay Hendricks speaks about in the the book. So your zone of genius is basically the thing in your life that lights you up, the thing that you and only you are uniquely suited to do. So Do you have a business that you just love? It lights you up when you do it. Or do you have a hobby that you just, you know, time flies when you do it. You could, you never get bored of doing it. You love it so much. 
niche that you would love to do more of it that's your zone of genius you draw upon your special gifts and your strengths and your by you expressing your natural genius is your ultimate path to greater success in life satisfaction so that's part of the book so the journey to being in the zone of genius basically requires paying keen attention to what you're doing in every moment especially when you start upper limiting yourself because when you're engaged in upper limiting you're basically stopping the flow of energy going towards helping you in your zone of genius so when you are upper limiting yourself when you're thinking those thoughts when you're self-sabotaging you will never get to that point where you're in your zone of genius the most common thing that we do that can actually really prevent you from getting into your zone of genius is worry. Worrying is usually a sign that we're upper limiting and it's only useful if it's actually something that we can actually do something about because so often we worry about things that have never happened, probably will never happen and it can be complete and utter ridiculousness (laughs) that we worry about made up scenarios in our head designed by an unconscious to keep us safe and out of our zone of genius and there's a good way to know if a worry thought is something that you should take note of just ask yourself, is this a real possibility? Is there any action that I can do right now to make a positive difference? And if not, and you find yourself worrying, then just look beyond the worry thoughts and try and find where you're being steered to. Try and find what your mind's actually trying to get you away from because often it's some kind of flag waving at you from your zone of genius. It's so interesting when you actually start thinking about this. And the next thing is deflection. So another common upper limit behaviour is deflection. So this is another way that we stop the flow of energy of us, you know, getting better or feeling successful or abundance in our zone of genius by deflecting any positive energy that comes towards us. How many times have you been given an incredible compliment like, oh, Meg, you did so well in that presentation. And then I would say, oh, I just, I totally screwed it up. I messed up my words. I ran out of time and I left out some of the stuff that was in my notes. It's such a common response to a compliment. Deflection basically keeps positive energy from landing it keeps it from being received and being acknowledged into your mind and apart from anything else it's a bit rude when someone gives you a nice compliment and you say oh no 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 or do you even know me have you met me did you hear that it's just taking the niceness that they've just given you and chucking it back in their face so just learn to accept a compliment and say thank you thank you something that I have always been taught by a mentor of mine is always accept a compliment without putting it down so for example if someone says oh I really like your dress just say oh thanks so much rather than oh thanks so much I got it in the sale out of H&M it was only a tenner how many times do you do that and you've just taken that compliment and belittled it again just focus on the good and say thank you because it makes you feel much better it makes that compliment land and it also feels better for the person who's actually giving you the compliment another thing that we do is argue we argue and it brings us down when we've hit our upper limits so if you learn to see arguments as an upper limit problem 
you actually can move beyond them because you start realizing that when you are about to take on an argument, when you're about to start arguing with someone, you think this is actually just taking me away from what I'm trying to do. Let's just nod, smile and move on or say sorry if you have to. Regret, reason, remedy is one of the best pieces of advice I have been given from Bill McFarlane. He wrote a book called Drop the Pink Elephant. He is a friend, friend, friend's dad, and he wrote a book called Drop the Pink Elephant. And regret, reason, remedy, the three R's, is the solution for any problem. Say you're sorry for whatever you've done. Tell the person why the problem occurred what happened, what was going through your mind when you took that action and this is what I'm going to do about it. This is the solution. Regret, reason, remedy. It's enough to avoid any argument. It's enough to settle any debate. It's enough to just, it's just really good communication skills. Drop the Pink Elephant is another incredible book on communication but that's a whole nother podcast. (laughs) So arguments, just avoid them. Basically they're caused by two people trying to stay in the victim position for a long longer than the other person that the victim position is not really a position that you want to spend much time in so just forget it compromise if you have to or say sorry and just get on with it and avoid the argument and finally when things are going well some of us have a pattern that's pure upper limit problem and we get sick How many times have you had a big day, a big interview, big exam, big whatever it is and you wake up and you don't feel well? You wake up and you feel ill or you can't go for some reason. You're looking forward to this really big, big event and for whatever reason you are feeling ill. I remember talking to a friend of mine who is in sport and she was saying that it's unbelievable how often she witnesses self-sabotage in athletes. They turn up for competition day and there's that one injury that just that niggle just manifests on the day of the competition and it's really interesting because often the link between our mind, our emotions and physical health are overlooked but if you are keen on finding your zone of genius, getting into the zone of genius then examine everything that brings you pain and suffering as a potential upper limit symptom because the link between the mind and the body is undeniable and the payoff for paying attention to it is really well worth it if you can figure out why your body reacts the way it does to things that are happening in your life or things that are happening in your mind. So it's really interesting. It's a really valuable thing to be aware of. Make a commitment to keeping an attitude of wonder while you're learning about your upper limit behaviour. So just have a think about discovering your upper limit behaviours and enjoy learning about them because when you realise that things like worrying, blame, criticism, getting sick, squabbling, hiding your significant feelings, not keeping agreements or not speaking truth to the relevant people. For example, if you're mad at someone, say I'm I'm mad at Stephen, the relevant person to talk to about that is Stephen. There's no point me telling Emma that I'm mad at Stephen because it's not actually helping the situation and deflecting, ignoring compliments is a good example. All of these things are 
upper limit behaviours and when you notice yourself doing one of these things, just shift your attention to the real issue, shift your attention to why you're acting the way you are and consciously let yourself make more room for awareness and make more room for good to come into your life, for that abundance and love and success and health and wealth and all that stuff to come into your life because you are being worked by a whole chain of stories underneath the surface of your mind that you don't even realise are there. So change the narrative. You start working them, start realising what they are and start changing that self-sabotage behaviour and upgrading your upper limit because when you upgrade your upper limit then you get more done, more goodness comes into your life and that's what we're all about. Thank you so much. I hope this has helped and I'll see you soon. Thank you so much for listening. If you found value from that episode today, then I would love for you to share it on your social media. You'll find me at Instagram at UK, and the podcast is at SheCanPod. And if you found value, then please hop onto Apple Podcasts and write a five-star review. I would love you forever. And that really helps the visibility of the podcast and helps us get good guests and all the rest of it on the podcast. So thanks so much for your time. Thank you for spending your half hour with me and I hope to see you really soon.